You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley, and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range, where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. Welcome to the range, everybody. I'm your host, Ricky Bruley, and today I'm joined by veterans Kyle Mindiola and Adam Erb of Archery Origins. Archery Origins is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to introduce veterans to the sport of archery and to demonstrate the therapeutic release that it can offer from daily stressors and PTSD. Uh, you can find more information about Archery Origins on their website at www.archeryorigins.com and on Instagram at Archery Origins. Thank you all for joining us today. You can find the video version of this episode on our Vapor Trail YouTube channel. So please head on over, subscribe, give us a like and hit that bell so you can be up to date on all things archery. Don't forget to follow us at the range podcast on Instagram and on Facebook, as well as vapor trail archery and stokerized stabilizers. Kyle, Adam, thanks a lot for being here today. And more importantly, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Doing good. Yeah. yeah. Now that we're gone. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> It's been a wild, uh, wild ride. I think we're what we're like two hours and forty-five minutes behind schedule right now. Nobody's counting. It's yeah. crazy. You guys were hearing me sawing stuff and banging yeah. on things, and um, Bob the Builder yeah, waiting for the power tools. Make yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. I. It's been just a crazy week. I won't get too deep into that, but yeah, just like a lot of last-minute things came in. Didn't have a lot of my adapters. Didn't have camera stuff. So I'm like trying to make things work. You know. Yeah. Um, you mean like your camera sitting on a two by four? <laughs> <laughs> it actually works. I was, I was actually pretty impressed with myself. I was like, man, I'm like, a, I'm like a modern day MacGyver. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so luckily we were able to kind of get this together anyways, you know, and I appreciate your guys' patience. I'm like, oh man, they're just going to walk out the door here pretty quick. And then <laughs> this is going to be all for naught. But, 
um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, so I just want to start with you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your story, mm-hmm. and, and kind of why we're here having this conversation. All right. So, oh, geez, a whole bunch of questions. Um, my name is Kyle Mendiola. Um, 35 years old, been married for plus 10 years, my wife. Dang, uh, that's both, good. Congrats, yeah, man. Thanks. We're both uh, Air Force veterans. Uh, I got two kids. Uh, daughter Kaylee, she's ten, and my son Cooper, he's five, six. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's just a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Kids are awesome. Mm-hmm. They uh, <laughs> definitely test you. Um, but uh, a good dose of reality of, uh, I guess, how you were. Mm-hmm. So right. You learn to to give and play, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, one big thing, you know, with being in the outdoors and you know, definitely in archery and stuff, it's both my kids shoot bows and it's funny just watching them have fun and, mm-hmm. you know, go crazy and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know the reason we're here, I guess, uh, myself and Adam are both veterans and, mm-hmm. um, I was security forces in the air force for five years. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, security forces is basically like military police for the air force. That's okay. Kinda how everybody, lets it know but a lot of our stuff isn't mess isn't mostly um law enforcement it's a lot more security side just because with aircrafts and everything yeah um within six months of getting to my first duty station i deployed to balad iraq um we took over for the army doing qrf which is a quick reaction force and then mm-hmm. um irf which is immediate response force to um off the installation and then gate security and stuff um i got to be a turret gunner so that was a little fun you get to see the the world from a different point of view yeah um, <laughs> throwing water candy stuff to kids it was kind of fun right on um so more specifically <coughs> as a turret gunner what it, what does that mean exactly so i was a, a 50 cal gunner on the top that okay. or a 240 gunner which is a 762 round yeah. um but like just, on a humvee or yeah, something. yeah yep yep okay. top of a humvee um we were kind of the last generation of still rocked up armored Humvees and then all the MRAPs and stuff started coming in. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, just going on patrols and different things, mm-hmm. um, taking care of what kind of what needed to be taken care of. So, right. um, and then came back from that, got back to my duty station and then an opportunity opened up, um, which was, uh, I was stationed in, uh, Nebraska and we have, um, four, 747s there which are known as the national airborne operations center mm. um so if you look it up it's known as the doomsday jet basically mm. so it's a 747 that is all analog controls everything um and it's designed to withstand a nuclear blast wow. so i got to fly security on that um and then within that that role entitled we flew uh the secretary secretary of defense around the world um, mm. and then different delegates so okay um when i served we flew with uh secretary gates and then secretary panetta so all oh, right on. um got to i'm kind of one of those individuals that got to travel the world mm-hmm. fortunately yeah. um and see different things but it was uh definitely eye-opening because we got to go to a lot of different countries we landed at a lot of international airports and stuff so i got to deal a lot with locals um weren't really doing military operations you know it, as it was so um but 
Um, whenever we got to travel, I got to invest myself into local culture. So go to a lot of local markets, to, you know, just see how individuals lived around. And, um, you know, one big takeaway is, was that no matter, no matter where I was, somebody was always willing to help me. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, one big thing was just like, you're just another human trying to help another human. So, right. you know, break it down and you're like, awesome. You know, granted, we couldn't understand each other language, you know, a lot of pointing signal, you know, and everything. But it was just fun to experience that and then come back, you know, to the U.S. and you see people blowing up problems on whatever. And you're just like, man, it's so simple. Yeah. <laughs> be nice to each other yeah. and help people out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so when I was in, I uh, met my wife. Um, we had our daughter. Um, she was born when we were still in, and then we both kind of agreed that we wanted to do the family thing, um, so separated, and then big rigmarole of uh, started a business. My wife was going to nursing school um, and working six and a half days a week, 12-hour days. I got to see my daughter basically in the middle of the night, so my wife was like, hey, it's either the family or the business. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel you only get one shot with the family. You can start yep. a business doing anything. So yep. um, sold my business and then had to, went back to school. Um, it was kind of that Billy Madison thing where I'm <laughs> 20-something-year-old, you know, yeah. going to school with a bunch of 18-year-olds at the mm-hmm. community college. And I'm like, hey, I'm trying to learn my profession. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But uh, went to school for machining. So I'm a tool and die maker machinist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got myself into that career um and that's how landed meeting adam okay um, we worked at the same company for a while and then um i actually started and then found out adam worked there but he was in the guard so adam would be gone for two months at a time or whatever so mm. randomly this guy would come back to work and i'm like <laughs> hey i'm your co-worker <laughs> and that uh yeah. we found out that um our wives were actually pregnant at the same time so it was kind of crazy so we were actually and i think they were due within like weeks apart so it was kind of cool we were both on like baby countdown just like yeah um and so that was just super cool getting to know each other you know our families were super close with Mm -hmm. age of kids and stuff like that so it just worked out and then we went from there and then you know um started this yeah started this so but uh yeah so it was fun so i know we'll get a little bit more into what we're doing, but yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I wanted to, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and, um, he was talking about a friend of his, uh, who had a few tours, you know, and, and I, I was just thinking about how, you know, just wild it is to think about the things that you've seen, both of you have probably mm-hmm. seen. And then I, and then I'm like, I like wake up and you know, get up out of bed and go eat a bowl of cereal and stuff and can't even fathom what it would be like to be in those types of situations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's like, um, I don't know how, to, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just kind of a, it's like, wow. You know, like you said, it is pretty simple, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, relatively speaking, you have those moments where you're just like, you know, at your wits end because there's so many different things going on or, you know, anxiety sets in because of some thing or whatever it may be. And then it's, it's like, then you think, then I think about that and it's like, well, pretty blessed, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, I hate to like <clears throat> quote another podcast, but, um, I know like Rogan always says like y- your worst day is your worst day. 
you know, compared to somebody else's. So it's like, you know, the the one thing I hate is, um, you know, I believe hate's a pretty strong word, but it's Mm -hmm. like when you have veterans or military members, like comparing themselves to the next person of like what you did, you know, what you did. Mm -hmm. But it's funny when, you know, there's, it's the joke is like, how do you know if you're standing in a room with a pilot? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he'll tell you, he'll tell you that he's a pilot where like, a special forces member you'll never know right. who that individual is you yeah know, they just go to work do their thing and you mm-hmm. know move on so mm-hmm. it's like yeah you you have individuals that have been through serious situations you know and then come home it's like you said it's like you know you, you still gotta learn to flow yourself into everyday life yeah um you know and that's where we're obviously seeing you know more and more veterans with ptsd and everything but yeah um you know i, th- I think it's definitely changing to the atmosphere of people talking speaking you know being more approachable on on those type of situations and mm-hmm. so you know people are willing to ask for help or you know just spark a conversation yeah you know with somebody else and it is the craziest thing on just the <clears throat> candid conversations you have with other veterans um you know especially when we go to 3d shoots and stuff like that and you're, you start talking with another veteran um and it's just 90 percent of the time you've had very similar situations. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you click and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I was there too. Or, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I had this, you know, mine was like this, but you know, it's very similar. Um, but then it's on the other side, if you connect with a civilian on something, I mean, it's like, we both have families, we both, you know, raise kids. It's like, yeah, you know, I've been to the thing where it's like, you know, your wife's pregnant it's three in the morning and she wants popsicles. It's like, <laughs> you're getting your ass out of bed and you're going to go get her something, you know? Yeah. So it's like, they no matter how you look at it, everyone's had very similar situations, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, but it's that, um, how you mesh, how you make things work is, you know, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. I've always kind of wondered this, I guess, too, because you know, you, when you had mentioned PTSD and, uh, <clears throat> is it, do you see like, do, does somebody necessarily have to have like a traumatic experience in the military to have PTSD or is, can it be a a situation where it's like, because you're kind of ingrained in this environment for so long and you get used to the routine and you get used to having, you know, all of this direction all of the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And then now it's like, you're, you're out and you're in the, I don't know if the real world is the right word to use, <laughs> yeah. but you're, you know, you're, you're no longer in the military mm-hmm. and now you don't have somebody barking things at you. And again, please correct me if I'm being like no naive about what I'm saying, but now it's like all of a sudden you have to like merge mm-hmm. into society without that. And, and would you say that creates some PTSD with, veterans yeah. as well yeah so. i could see that I mean, like i know a couple people personally who've retired from the military and then they end up getting in a bunch of trouble because they don't have that structure of their life and mm-hmm. um when i was in missouri this past summer for eight weeks um one of my instructors retired i think he was navy but <clears throat> he mentioned one thing that i've never really thought about and he's like being in the military is so easy like it's the easiest job on the planet you're told what to do where to go what to wear He's like, when you're a civilian and you're retired, he's like, now I actually have to decide what I'm going to wear today. Right. You know, right. or it's easy to get up and just put a uniform on and, mm-hmm. you know, that's your day. But, you know, so I was just thinking about that. Like, yeah, that would be kind of tough. Like actually figuring out what I'm wearing that mm-hmm. day instead of just putting my uniform on. So, yeah. Yeah. You do. I mean, there's a lot of things though, like 
the transition is hard for a lot of people. Yeah, sure. So it, it is a thing where like, it's a lot easier for some people to just sign your name for to extend your contract mm -hmm. versus you know the the saying you know grass is greener on the other side. It's like transitioning out of the military can be quite hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So that's where you see a lot of veterans where they you know go back home or you know separate out and then they just you know become a stay home individual because they don't want it's not that they don't want to it's just a lot of people don't know how to interact with right. the civilian population and it's yeah i mean you look at it i'm i don't know what numbers are but i'm sure it's you could at least one in five people will be a veteran if you you know some sort you know mm -hmm. looking out there and stuff i know they say what is it it's now one percent three percent of the population yeah. is military but i think it's also you know if you go to the pickleball court you, you probably aren't going to find too many veterans there but you go somewhere in the outdoors i mean you're going to find someone yeah i mean mm -hmm. it's just they ingrain themselves in what they're doing um so but the transition part you know I, and i hate the whole like stigma of like ptsd or ptss you know you put a title on it it's mm -hmm. just like it, it can be traumatic for somebody you know and, it, and whatever it is right know, or you know going to a 40-hour job after you get out of the military it's like it sucks you're kept mm -hmm. to a certain schedule you know, on the other side of it, though, it's like military, you're told what to do, where to, you know, all that stuff. But regular clocking in at a job, some people like it, some people don't. You know, yeah. it's just like now you have now you're held to way too many restrictions. You know, yeah. it's like you're late for work. Cool. Now you're going to get reprimanded. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, a lot of that stuff where it's like in the military, it's like you get reprimanded by physical activity. Yeah. You know, but you're not getting fired from a military right. yeah. where like you could lose your source of income you know, in the regular civilian world. So that's a big thing. Like you have to have the ability to hold yourself accountable, you know, when you come out, I believe even more, yeah. you know, than versus in the military, it's kind of, they turn a lot of, tend to turn a blind eye yeah. know, for some situations. So. Yeah. But yeah. Cause I, and I had never really thought about that, but my sister-in-law, I think she was 20 years. I think she was in the military. Uh, and, she was talking a little bit about that. Well, she wasn't, but my wife was talking a little bit about her transition and just how, again, that's what she had noticed was it was difficult because, you know, my wife was like, Hey, you know, it's great to have you back. Let's, let's go grab a bite to eat. Where do you want to go? And she's like, the chow hall. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She's not, it's like, and, she, yeah. and my, and my wife was like, well, what's wrong? Everything. Okay. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not used to having to make decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just the simplest things. And I was yep. like, wow, that's interesting. I never, you know, would have thought about that, but yeah. it makes perfect sense. So, um, yeah. I mean, and like you said, we'll get a little bit more in, into that. Um, but we'll, we'll move over here to Adam. What, what about you, man? What's your story? Yeah. So, uh, I'm Adam Herb. I'm 32, <laughs> 32, I think. Young, uh, young bucks. Yeah. <laughs> young bucks. Uh, married to my wife, Danielle. We had our 10 year wedding anniversary this past summer. Wow. Um, Good job. Which was awesome. Uh, I have two daughters, Eliana. She's 10 now. And Riley, she'll be six next weekend. Okay. Um, Gosh, I'm 10 and six for yeah, you too. Yeah, they're yeah. exactly the same. Like, it's super crazy. Yeah. I um, can't imagine why you guys are friends. <laughs> yeah, and they get along great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my family life. Um, but I've been in the military since 2010. I joined in, yeah, May of 2010. Uh, deployed with uh, the 1st Brigade out of Minnesota here, uh, to Iraq and Kuwait, um, which was an absolute blast. I loved every minute of that. Oh, really? That's oh, cool. yeah. I think about it all the time. Mm. Like, 
yeah, some of the things like you just, I mean, it's easy. Like he said, it's just easy. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing today? I'm just going to make it to the next meal. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like literally that's how yeah. you think about you it. You can't yeah. go home when you're deployed. Yeah. So it's right. like you're there yeah. and you're just, guess you're going to make the yeah. best of it. Yeah. And then you just find out like. I mean, you're, just you're, you're forced to like solve the problem. <laughs> yeah. You can't just like get in your car and drive away. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, yeah. I had a blast over there. I uh, made a lot of really good friends that I still talk to today. And um, I think that kind of like drove my career um, in a fortunate way for me. I was a, a 19 kilo or a tanker for about nine years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my wife kind of made me make a decision. Either it was because I was having a hard time being like traditional guardsman, you know, and then having a civilian job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like you'd come back from whatever, doing army stuff. And I'd always have to take like a day to just kind of like reset my brain sure. to like, like, I can't just go to work and yell at people. Like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. And yeah. the civilian side in the army. That's just Tuesday, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, uh, we decided either it's going to be like, you're just going to get out mm-hmm. or we're going to make this like a full-time thing. Right. So I found a job through my brother. He works on the same team I do now, but now I work, I'm full-time guard agr they call it or title 32 Mm. um that's my monday through friday job i don't clock in or nothing like that i get to work i throw a uniform on i do my job um so i was a 74 delta a seaburn specialist uh for a couple years and then this past summer i just accepted a job on the same team as a 25 bravo or information system specialist Mm -hmm. or analyst i think it is but yeah so now i kind of went from like the shooting stuff and like playing with really big guns to like playing with really nasty chemicals and stuff. So like now I get to like do it stuff, which is Mm. really what I enjoy. Sure. Um, But like coming into Kyle, like I was a tool and die maker with him before I took uh, my full-time job here. And like he said, I remember, I think I was doing something with the guard where I wasn't at work for a while. I was probably an AT or something, but um, I heard that we, we hired this new kid. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, ah, oh, he's in the Air Force. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> oh, this will be fun. <laughs> um, but it worked out. Um, there's always the, there's like, the, one. the inner branch, like, yeah. sticking Jab. each other, yeah. you know, jabs yeah. and whatnot. Because the Air Force is <coughs> the Air Force. And <laughs> the Army is the Army. But now that I work with, like, a bunch of Air Force people, I really enjoy it. Mm. Um, I kind of wish I was in the Air Force, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Life would have been a little bit easier. But, um, like, I didn't. I didn't really grow up like in the outdoors or not, you know, mm-hmm. I'd shoot my pellet gun or whatever, but like I never went camping. I'd, I'd haven't gone hunting until I turned 30. Yeah. Like it just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I met Kyle and you know, he was nagging me to do this like archery thing. And yeah. I was pretty big into precision rifle at the time. And I'm like, well, that's not impressive. Like <laughs> bows don't impress me. Big rifles do. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. Um, my youngest daughter, she was getting older and like, the PRS side of the house was taking over more and more time and more and more money. And, you know, so I gave up PRS to, you know, kind of focus on my family, but like there was always just something like behind me that I was just like nagging me to like do something. Mm -hmm. And so finally, after like two years of Kyle nagging me about (laughs) archery, I was like, fine, I'll do it. (laughs) Like, we'll try this thing. Yeah. And so got a bow. I think it was like a, what a Matthews tactic. I think it was the bow I had. And yeah, um, the great bow loved it and you know realized like out on the archery range like even if you're just a static range it wasn't necessarily 3d or hunting at that mm. point um that it, archery was giving me what prs was giving me at the time and mm. i just didn't know that precision rifle was actually doing something for me right so, and i get my bullets back mm. which is awesome <laughs> yeah so yeah and i can do it in my backyard which yeah. is even better so right. like, you know you don't have to travel yeah, yeah. i don't have to travel well, i don't have to drive up north to go shoot a mile it's like 
I could just shoot 40 yards in my backyard or, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. So, but yeah, I guess that's, you know, kind of my little short story of, you know, how me and Kyle I met, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the archery origins thing just kind of came out of that. I know, like, we were both working with a different nonprofit at the time uh, when I first came in and saw some things with that nonprofit that we didn't necessarily agree with and uh, kind of wanted to go our own route and do a nonprofit that was more focused around like veterans and PTSD and the sport of archery, not necessarily just hunting. Right. Yeah. Cause there's people that shoot archery all the time that they, all they do is shoot target or 3d exactly. Or, or you yeah. get the big bow hunter guys that only shoot their bow once a year and mm-hmm. you know, they walk out to their food plot and boom, archery yeah. season's done for them, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it was just, I think it was just a natural thing as you know, we progressed in our friendship and then, you know, we decided, Hey, let's, let's do this thing. So mm-hmm. we got a bunch of people together and, you know, just said, all right, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, and I've never run a business before. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. I've never run a nonprofit before. So in, in the majority of the people on the board, you know, or that are associated with AL haven't either. So it's just, it's been a learning process for everybody Yeah. as you know, we've progressed into what we are now, you know, from where we came from sitting in Kyle's basement and drinking some beers and yeah. with a couple of notepads being like, okay, Let's what record this on our phone. What yeah. do we do next? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, this is yeah. our meeting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, do we have to, like, bring this meeting together or something? Does someone have a gavel? Yeah. You know, it, it was like that. Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. knew. But, you know, give it, you know, a year now. Like, it's grown exponentially from where it was. And the relationships we've made with people, like, with you guys here at Vapor Trail and Chris Ham with HHA and, you know, all these awesome people we've met along the way that now it's really fun to like go out to these 3d shoots i'm i'm a pretty big introvert i don't really like talking to people um but like bowfest was a blast when we did that in 21 yeah and hha was there we were up there the midwest bowhunter guys they were up there and you know that was four days of just like awesome Mm -hmm. like your family came up my family came up you know we were you know walking around shooting the trails all day and the family they're playing in the pools and you know after we're done shooting we'd go sit in the hot tub and Went out to dinner, yeah, you know, going yeah. out to dinner with families, you know, and then, yeah, so it's just, it, it's something that we can incorporate the families yeah. together, too, you know, so it's yeah. just super fun, so. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't really bring your family to a PRS match, you know, you go sit over there where you're behind the firing line, you know, yeah, right. watching right. shoot. the archery, is, <laughs> it's like all-encompassing, everybody can do it, mm-hmm. you know, and now my daughters are into it, too, so, which I never thought would be a thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, they see me out in the backyard shooting, and. You know, I usually have, like, my saddle set up in the tree just for, you know, play with or whatnot. Now my daughter wants to get up there, so she's got her little harness. She, like, hooks in, and she'll climb up there and just hang on the tree. And she's, like, six. <laughs> That's my, rad. My neighbor's looking out the back window like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's really cool. Um, so many things I want to say. Right. So I had, a, you probably saw me over here. I was like mm-hmm. kind of trying to sneak in some <laughs> typing because I'm, because I'll forget if I don't. So a couple things, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to be a little bit all over the place here okay. with, with yeah. some of this, but the, the main point that I wanted to make is when you were talking about how you guys became friends through archery and, and, and all of that, and that, that's a, probably a big part of, you know, the mantra of archery origins as well, but, and I'll let you guys kind of elaborate on that, but just how cool is it that, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast and I, I just never really thought about it before until I started having these conversations, but it's just so cool that a bow, something like a sport like archery can bring people together. Mm-hmm. And then it also has like 
so much therapeutic value. Yeah. And then not only that, there's a lot of things that could have therapeutic value, mm -hmm. you know, like some people like to play video games or some people like, you know what I mean? But this has way more benefits yeah. in, in so many other ways. Mm -hmm. Right. And then even to, even to the point where you're saying now it's brought your families together and the kids are getting into it and it'll just be passed down, you know, and, and it's not for everybody. You know, yeah. eventually, you know, there might be a break in the, in the link or whatever with that stuff. But, um, it's just, to me, it's just so cool. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast again, because I love how archery brings people together and that's what the range is about, right? Cause you back in, you know, when I was in my twenties and I was shooting, um, leagues at some of the other, uh, ranges here in the Metro and stuff. Those are some of my favorite times. Like, and I still have friends that I talk to to this very day from those, from those times. And everybody has different backgrounds, but we have a common interest and we talk about, you know, our families, you yeah. know, so it's just, it's really cool. And I, I love all of that. When you were talking about the time and how much fun that you had mm -hmm. when you were in Kuwait, um, it may, it, you know, like I think about, so I, I play call of duty. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like a couch commando. Yeah. Right. But I'm not that guy that has these illusions that I'm a military person or I ever will be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I aspired to be when I was a, when I was a kid, but just, that's another story, right? It yeah. just, my path went a different direction, but you know, you just, you see all the gear and you're like, man, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, wow, one of the, one day I just want to walk around in that gear. No, you don't. That's heavy. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cause, but then I go, that's where my brain was mm -hmm. going. Cause then I think about like, I even, even with some of the best, hunting gear that you is available to you mm -hmm. you have those moments where you're in the mountains and you're you're you know hoofing it up a hill and you're just dying you know you're sweating it's just hot and you just want to start ripping everything off you know what i mean so i can't even imagine what that would be like you're in the desert no less yeah uh, <laughs> and you can't really get away with not having sleeves Correct. right because yeah. you put yourself at risk yep. so yeah you just can't take layers off how yeah. you just you just sweat through it. Yeah, I remember when we landed, and it was super late at night. It was like zero one, zero two in the morning, something like that. And they opened up the door to the plane, and it was like 100 degrees out Yeah, at 2 in the morning. I was like, yeah. shut that door and right. turn this train around. I'm, I'm not having this. <laughs> and it was brutal because we came, I think we flew in like the spring mm -hmm. from Minnesota, you know. So yeah. it's like 60, 70 degrees, and you land a couple hours later. And yeah. It's, like 110 degrees out. Then the sun comes out, and then it gets hot. Hotter. You yeah. know. <laughs> Oof. It, the it, big thing, though, is, like, you don't give it two weeks and you oh, forget yeah. about it. Yep. Right. Like, you acclimate, yeah. I'm sure. But but the other thing, too, it's, like, like you said before, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can't call mom to come pick you up, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. from summer camp. It's, like, yeah. you're sweating your ass off, and then you just deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then the acclimation thing when you're, like, oh, cool, it's it's 80 degrees right now. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then it drops to 50, mm -hmm. you know, when the sun goes down, and you're, like, oh, I'm freezing my ass off. Yeah. You know, and you're, like... But then in the military, it's different than civilian world where you're like, yeah, let me put layers on. You know, when you're in the military, you're like, you can't wear that jacket with those shorts. And you're yeah. like, okay, I'm going right. to freeze my ass off. Right. So it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I think the weirdest thing was like the <clears throat> on the topic of like temperature is like the sun will go down and it's 80 degrees out and you're out at the smoke pit in sweatpants and a sweatshirt shivering, <laughs> you know, because three hours ago it was 120 degrees out, you know. Right. And that was the weird thing for me was just 
acclimating to the temperature and like kyle said like give it two weeks you know give it a month and it's just a normal day you mm-hmm. walk outside and it's 100 degrees mm-hmm. it's nice out yeah yeah nice cool day today you know it's the like the 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 cheesy adage of oh at least it's a dry heat you know <laughs> yeah at least it was because <laughs> man in the middle of kuwait like out in the desert yeah it's 120 degrees but there's no humidity so you know you're not necessarily just sweating like mm-hmm. crazy Right now you go inside your tent or it's 60 degrees. Now you're sweating, you know, or vice versa. You know, you walk out of your tent. Now you're soaking wet. Mm -hmm. But the weirdest thing is walking to the shower. You're sweating. You take a shower. By the time you walk from the shower back to your hooch, Mm -hmm. you're sweating. (laughs) You're like, well, that was pointless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that is probably the worst (laughs) part of it was like walking to the shower shack, which is, you know, 100 yards, 200 yards away. And, you know, you're just gross and nasty. You know, you just came off mission or whatever, and you mm-hmm. want to go have an awesome shower. So you get in, you have, you know, a 45-minute long shower, get all clean, you walk outside, and there's a sandstorm. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> or you walk in, and you don't have hot water. Yeah, or there's no hot so water. So you're just in a cold shower. Yep, so now like, you're having a cold shower. Yeah. And it's, oh. But it's just one of those things, like, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, you just you got to take it at face value. Right. You know, there's you're not going to change it. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why complain about it? Which is, right. you know, what the military does anyways. I mean, you know, yeah. it could be the perfect day. Somebody in the military is going to, we're going to find something to complain about just because it's a way of passing time. I was going to say, yeah, it's a therapeutic thing too, I'm sure. There's also the other thing though, too, when you think about it, like how many guys are on outposts that didn't have showers, they're doing baby wipes or dumping water Mm -hmm. bottle in your head and that's your shower, you know? So it's like, when you look at it as a perspective, it's like, yeah, it was pretty nice. I, I, you know, had a hooch, I had an air conditioning, Mm -hmm. you know, like you go back and you, you know, where there's other guys and you hear about their deployments, you're like man, that sucked. <laughs> you were, and you're like, I would guess I was pretty fortunate where I was. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, all, but the, then, all the complaining we did about it was, you know, for nothing because, yeah. you know, we were pretty fortunate compared to a lot of people. So Yeah. Well, I'll I'll take sitting on the couch and getting humbled by a bunch of 15-year-olds calling me bruh. Yeah. yeah. And then respawning because they're just <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making fun of me because I suck. <laughs> it's just like I, I won't admit to you that I'm f- old enough to be your – dad yeah, right. and i probably should be doing something more productive <laughs> <laughs> not an addict by any means yeah. but you there's know. so many things i should be doing but i'm really gonna yep. get these 15 year old kids yeah <laughs> exactly oh they make me yeah. mad <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what kind of cheat code did you put into this game because i don't know how yeah. that just happened coming from the days when we actually had cheat codes for yeah. video games right you know right <laughs> Can't do that That's no wild. so as you both know this is an archery podcast and so i'm just curious now adam you already kind of talked about it but kyle tell us a little bit about what got you into shooting a bow so um like every midwest kid um when i was in high school i think um early high school um i went with my dad to a white tails on the mid at dinner mm. so mm. it's just one of those things that like you somebody knows somebody and the, guess what we have an open ticket you know you yeah. just need to come so it's the kind of thing where um you know we got invited to one and it was one of those things that um i ended up winning a forge bow um in a oh, raft right on so um which is crazy mm. because forge so i'm originally from outside of milwaukee mm-hmm. and that's where forge is from yeah so i won a bow <clears throat> and ended up taking it the pro shop or factory whatever it was like 20 minutes from my parents house sure so i took the bow there and i was in high school and it was a full adult bow you know so i went there and they had different limbs and everything and so actually 
set that bow up for me and i was like sweet this is cool Mm -hmm. um but my dad bow hunted long time ago but when i was growing up i never saw it It was just this bow that sat in the basement i just like every kid that would go take his arrows and shoot them in the sky and try to (laughs) run away from them you know so um so i never really had a directive on like bow hunting um i grew up gun hunting you know deer and everything in wisconsin Mm -hmm. so the typical one week a year kind of thing like that right Um, I grew up pheasant hunting too, but that was just totally different. But have never had a directive of like bow hunting. Um, so I got this bow and went out to my uncle's property um, in southwest Wisconsin and where we gun hunted. And, you know, my uncle's like, go for it. Go try to shoot a deer. So um, sat in one of our stands and everything and had a doe come in. And she was at like 20 yards. And I was like, this is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. you're sitting there waiting for nature to do mm-hmm. its thing. Um and it was would have been early season when it was um and i drew back and had no idea about arrows you know anything like that and so i shot she jumped the string um and was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me because finding out i was like not set up at all Mm -hmm. my sight was like dialed in maybe at 20 yards you know but i just had no clue what i was doing yeah um but after that happened, like the adrenaline, everything. And I'm like, this is freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Yeah. Um, and so then, um, I got a hang on stand and, you know, sat a couple more times. And then that was at the same point where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to join the military. And so, um, then I went and joined the military and it was a thing where just constantly be gone, um, with my job I had when mm-hmm. I was there, I was gone like 25 days of the year or 20, sorry, 25 days of every month. So mm-hmm. I was like, come home, quick turnaround. So it was, in all honesty, would come home, party hard with friends, and then it was like, go back to another mission, kind of thing like that. So it was, um, but now looking back at it, I was in Nebraska. I probably had prime hunting property I could have been on, you know, mm-hmm. like not knowing anything. Now it's like, hey, <laughs> your parents had property down here? You know, where's that farm kind of thing? But yeah. Um, but I always had my bow, so I would, like, move it. And so it was, like, in the barracks, you couldn't have weapons. So it was, like, either guns or bows or anything like that. So, like, on base, you couldn't. So I always had friends that lived off base, and I'd leave all my stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just was never, like, a topic of conversation of, like, hunting or anything like that. So it was just this bow. Every time we'd move, I'd just keep moving it. Yeah. Keep. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, finally separated separated out of the military and it was like moving into our house and stuff you know my boss my wife's like what are you gonna do with that thing you know like get rid of it Mm -hmm. you know we don't have room for it or you know (laughs) use it or whatever and and then it was being out of the military was that thing where like adam said it was just like i had this feeling in me you know that i just like something was missing i didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. now part of it was you know we moved out of state um well he temporarily moved up to minnesota um now we do reside back in wisconsin but um it was just new setting new environment didn't really know people i knew adam but we would work together for you know three months or whatever and then he'd be gone and so it was kind of like just this working relationship we had um didn't really know anybody else and it was um you know something where it was just like hey got this bow let me pull this thing out and you know, try shooting it again, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
went and bought a target and started shooting in the backyard and i'm like man i miss this you know like but then it was a thing it's like i was having fun doing it but i didn't have you know a group or you know people to be with um so it was actually pretty fortunate um that i man i don't even remember how it happened but um i found out about hha usa and it was like that was the very first year that Chris started doing it as HHA USA. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris Ham's uh, one of the co-owners of HHA Sports. Yeah. Um, and there was a shoot down at Warren's, uh, Wisconsin, and I think I shot Chris a message on Instagram. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I come down? I've never shot 3D or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you mind if I come down and just walk with you and see what this is all about? Yeah. And it was. I didn't know who to reach out to. Mm-hmm. So the fact that some random guy is shooting a direct message to the owner of a, <laughs> right. of a site company is just baffling to me. You know? But <laughs> yeah. the fact that, like, he's like, yeah, no problem, come down. Mm-hmm. And so I went and walked around with him, and he shot with a, you know, there's a group of guys and everything, and was walking through, and I'm like, oh, this is like golf, but for outdoor people. <laughs> and I'm like, you're just shooting at that thing? And you're like, yeah. yeah. And you guys are just having fun? And you're like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> In compares to it where I came from, so when actually when I got out, I was manager of a gun shop and stuff. So I was shooting guns all the time. But you take someone to the gun range, it's loud, you know, loading magazines, it's whatever, yeah. you know. But it, it's, it's a loud environment, and it's the kind of thing where, like, <clears throat> you're both there doing the thing but you're not like doing it together kind of right. thing. Like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when I was on the archery range, you know, walking a 3d event, it's like person a, you know, walks up to shoot, you know, and you're either razzing them or whatever, you know, but, yeah. but they shoot and it, you're having a good time, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what you're doing, you're either trying to throw someone off just because you want to, or you're yeah. like, I'm going to watch this guy shoot. Cause he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then meeting the individuals that are at those shoots and you find out you're like, Oh, we're all the same. You know, at the end of the day, and the biggest thing is, like, we both love archery, you know. And so it's being in that environment and then fortunate with Chris um, when I was talking to him and then um, with a nonprofit we were at before that Chris was like, hey, we're 100% on board. We'll, we'll get you guys sites. We'll, you know, for, for all your students' bows and stuff like that. Um, and then when I approached him with Archery Origins and what Adam and I had the idea of and then, you know, what we wanted to do he you know just stepped aside and he's like i'm with you guys 100 percent." so yeah. that was like the biggest thing is is i mean for us is because one um with him running his nonprofit, that you know he's got an idea of what's going on but two just the overall of bringing veterans together you know in the archery world um bringing them to established events you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that was just like awesome for us because it's like hey we're gonna bring our group of veterans and we're guaranteed we're gonna meet other veterans Mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna have a blast doing this we're gonna have fun we're gonna break away either we're gonna see you guys at the next shoot kind of thing like that or it's you still have someone where you can connect to right you know kind of like that and it's doesn't matter what state you're at but you can you know in the nicest thing about you know social media and stuff like that is you can still see what they're doing you Mm -hmm. know you're like cool Mm -hmm. this guy's still shooting you know or something like that or it's you know, I've had the other thing, too, where you've seen guys and they're not, you know, either A, guys don't post stuff, whatever, or, you know, haven't shot and you, like, reach out to someone and you're like, hey, what's going on? 
Yeah. You know, and if someone's like, oh, man, I've been in a kind of lull and stuff like that. And you're just like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. What's going on? You know, hey, man, I got a family, too. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's rough. The economy's garbage right now. You know, I get it. You know, is there anything we can help with? You know, I, I wish I could just send money out to friends, you know, when they're having hard financial times. Right. But, but, you know, all I can really do is just, you know, give someone a little bit of hope of, like, I've been there. This is how I did it, you know. Um, I went and saw a therapist for a while. Um, you know, it was something I was struggling with some stuff and I'm not ashamed of it because that individual helped me get through some things that I was dealing with. Right. Um, you know, and so it's a thing where I can approach guys and I'm like, Hey, I went and saw somebody. It's, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a problem with it, you know, I understand that stigma of it. Let's talk. See if there's something that I went through that I under, you know, can hear from you, you know, and right. I, this is what worked for me, you know, try doing it, you know, and try to walk through someone through it. Um, you know, and it's just that thing of like the camaraderie around it is just amazing. Yeah. And it's the, the friendships you grow out of it, you know, and it's just at the end of the day, like I said, when I was traveling the world, you know, and I got to meet other people, you know, from different cultures and they just cared about each other. It's like the archery world is huge with that. Where it's like Mm -hmm. everybody just wants to help everybody. Yeah. You know, so, and it's, it's, you know, not this whole, I shot 180, you know, you know, 180 deer, I shot a 200 deer, you know, it's like you're getting there and you're ranger and you're like, we're both shooting together, you know, let's have fun. Yeah. You know, and then once someone shoots a tree, then you razz that guy because it's fun. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is perfect because you're segueing right into the, obviously the next thing that we want to talk about. And that's how I met you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known Chris for a very long time and talking about Chris Ham of HHA again. And, uh, and when you had reached out to me, you know, I get a lot of these requests. I think we talked about mm-hmm. that before. I get a lot of these requests and it's, it's hard to sift through them. You know, some, some people have a really like attractive facade, but after you agree to work with them in some aspect, you find out that that's not real, you know? And so it's hard to know what's real and what's not, mm-hmm. you know? And just the fact that, uh, you had, Chris, you know, in your court was huge. And then, so it's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's meet up, you know? And so you guys came up here to the shop and we sat in this room and we had a conversation and, and immediately same thing. I was just like, yeah, well, we, we want to do this, you know? And the only, uh, hesitation I had was that I just had to run it by the CEO, which again, he was just like, why are you even asking me this? <laughs> do it. You know, don't ask yeah. that, do it, you know? So, and I'm just like, Hey man, I just want to make sure. But, uh, so, you know, it was a, it was a no brainer for me and, um, you know, so I'll kind of let you get into that a little bit more into detail. You guys can kind of figure out how you want to, um, discuss it, but tell us about archery origins and, and why you decided to start that project. Sure. Um, well, I guess we'll start from the beginning. Um, so like we both kind of mentioned earlier, we were working with another nonprofit at the time. Um, and you know great great group of guys great organization but for him and i it just seemed like that organization was like strictly all about hunting Mm. and not necessarily like teaching people how to shoot it's here's a plot of land here's your bow (laughs) go get them yeah like oh and that was my first experience i don't know how to hunt i don't know how to bow hunt Mm -hmm. i just assume you just climb in a tree and just wait that's all i know about hunting Mm -hmm. it's not you know years later you know you come to realize there's a hell of a lot more to it than just climbing up in a tree and waiting there but um so yeah we decided that that really wasn't something that you know we 
really enjoyed and you know kyle was shooting 3d and kept trying to get me to do 3d you know stubborn as i am i always said ah, i got something else going on or whatever and actually went out and shot a 3d shoot i think the first one i did was at south 40 mm-hmm. and i had a blast that was so much fun mm-hmm. like you're just walking with a group of guys and just chit-chatting or you're razzing guys that are shooting because that's fun everybody in the military likes to do that and you know you just you meet these guys for the first time and it's like your best buddies yeah you know and so we decided hey you know let's start you know our own nonprofit focused on the sport the entire sport of archery archery origins you know so you know you get your bow and we'll teach you how to shoot it if you want to go hunting we'll teach you about hunting and take you hunting you don't like that that's fine you want to shoot 3d awesome let's go shoot 3d courses we got three or four of them right here what one do you want to go to Mm -hmm. if that's not your thing you want to shoot target archery okay cool let's do that too you know i just enjoy shooting i don't care what i'm shooting at Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean we we founded archery origins as a way to kind of take something that both him and i um like experienced like got something out of archery that we didn't necessarily know we were even missing Mm -hmm. um and decided, hey, let's build this thing to like give that to other veterans that maybe they don't know they're missing something, but you get behind a bow site and nothing in the world matters except for breaking that shot off clean. You right. know, it's, that, it's like that finite moment in time where everything in the world is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like right before you crack that trigger. Like that's what does it for me. It's like you could be the worst day on your life, you know, of your life, but I've never had a bad day on a range. Yeah. You know, so that's why i decided to do it i guess mm-hmm. i don't kyle maybe <coughs> yeah i mean like what we said it's um like that therapeutic that you get from archery is just crazy and you don't know until you do it mm-hmm. and it's like you said podcast after podcast after podcast you know everyone says the same thing about archery it's just that it's like when you're in the moment you're just having fun and how many times you know we've been out on shoots and stuff and it's just what Adam was saying about when he was deployed and you're just having a blast with your buddies because that's where you are. Yeah. That's like the same thing that happens when you're shooting. It's like, you're all there together. You're all doing the same thing. So make the best of it. You just have fun. Yeah. And I mean, I've, man, I've been on 3d courses though too, where, Adam blows his bow up. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, fortunately the, 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 the clubhouse, clubhouse had, a bow press. had a bow press and Jake from HHA was there. And I'm like, Jake, can you do something with this? Mm. And he got him going, but it was enough to just go, you know, finish shooting or, yep. you know, um, man, I had one other, um, crappy situation. Um, we were at a shoot, um, and a friend of mine, got a phone call that another friend of his passed away mm. and that was like you feel helpless right i mean because it's you know just seeing somebody go through that is like the worst thing but knowing that it just happened that i was there you know at this you know situation you know if he would have been at home doing whatever you know alone or whatever but i was just there you know and i'm just like how can how can i help you know, get through this. Granted, we didn't go back out and shoot, you know, it was one of those things, but just sitting down with him at a picnic table, um, you know, and just talking and, you know, he, I just needed to listen, you know, he's, you know, just letting it all out. And I'm just like, yeah, man, tell me, keep talking, keep Mm -hmm. talking, you know, and it's so, you know, the goods and the bads, but it's the thing is, is 
you know, knowing that I was there to just try to give a little assistance to somebody, you yeah. know, it was like a huge thing. So it's, it's not necessarily about putting your arrow on target. It's mm-hmm. yep. the, you know, the, the conversations, you know, the things that you get out of it behind the bow yep. is the biggest take back from me. So um, taking that, you know, and, and what we talked about before is like PTSD, you know, so you get a lot of these individuals that are introverts, you know, or um, don't know how to affiliate themselves into, um, you know, the archery world. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a vet last night and I was talking with him and I asked him about, you know, if he does archery and stuff like that or, you know, does hunting. And he said he did it when as a kid, but he didn't know how to get back into it now, you know, and has wanted. And I'm like, man, let me tell you what I got. <laughs> so it was, um, you met the right yeah. guy. Um, but it's the thing where it's like, I've learned just to that simple question of, Hey, do you shoot archery? You mm-hmm. know, or, you know, and it's, it's the point of why we focus for veterans is twofold. It's like one, I'm trying to grow my Rolodex of friends mm-hmm. because it is very weird. But when you get veterans together, or military members together, you click, everyone's got that chip on that shoulder. Everybody kind of understands each other. Yeah. Um, you understand, you know, dark humor. You know, it's, it's just a weird thing. We laugh at shitty situations because everybody's kind of been in them. Mm-hmm. When you're in, I've been at other situations where you have, like, veterans and civilians. It's just how we break things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're in a group and you're talking, and you can see the facial features of, like, civilians when you're talking about stuff. And, like, veterans are in there just laughing. You see civilians where they're just like, you know like questioning <laughs> yeah. if they should like laugh yeah. at something yeah. or whatever and you're like that. you're like man that's why I, that's why i prefer to hang out with these individuals it's yeah. just because they get me you know yeah. or i get them you know mm-hmm. so then when we're in that of teaching somebody something it, it's being in the military you're all always used to being like told how to do stuff mm-hmm. so like you listen you just kind of need someone to instruct you through it yeah but for with us, with Archery Origins, is, is um, we'll get a student, we'll do a one-on-one class with them for, um, you know, t- to teach them step-by-step step on, you know, how we're going to do it. But we work on their schedule. You know, I work 40 hours a week. You know, student could work 40 hours a week, you know, so we're going to get it. We have families, you know, my kids do uh, dance and jujitsu, So it's a thing of like, hey, man, I can't do it on Tuesdays, Thursdays. What's your schedule like? You mm-hmm. know, I've got a buddy that's um, a student that's, in the class, call them students, whatever. He's another adult. Um, but his kids play hockey. So his schedule is, like, super Insane. limited. Yeah. yeah. So the thing where we're, like, we haven't been together for, like, two months just because he's been in, you know, constant that. But it's the other side is, is, like, I'm not going to take away from your family time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. we'll go on your progression, too. So if you want to go shoot in your backyard or in your basement and go, you know, doing whatever you can, I mean, Dudley's got – awesome stuff with school and knock where you mm-hmm. can walk through and teach yourself on it. But it's also the thing of like just checking in with someone getting there and I'm like, Hey, you know, let's shoot for an hour, yeah. have fun, you know, and just kind of watch the mechanics of what's going on, you know, tweak a little bit things, but I'm not trying to teach somebody how to be an Olympic shooter. I yeah. have no clue what's going on. I <laughs> punch my trigger all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's yeah. the thing of like, all I'm doing is just trying to push this individual, you know, to where they want to go, where they want to be. Right. You know, and then like Adam was saying, we, we've been very fortunate. We've gotten permission to hunt on various farms in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Um, myself and James were both Wisconsin residents. Um, Adam 
Chaz and Ben are Minnesota residents, and then we have Jeff, who is down in Kansas. Um, so he's kind of our our extension guy, uh, but that's also a thing where if this starts taking off, Jeff's going to be our first guy that's out of state that's going to start a new chapter. Mm, okay. Um, you yeah. know, so it's kind of our five-year plan of, like, he's in there with us, but um, he he did live up here in Hudson and then moved down there. But, um, I mean, the, the craziest thing, though, is that when we've had – we make them our, our meetings, when we have meetings, but um, one of our guys, they have a pool. So we had it. We knocked out a meeting, and the kids were playing in the pool, mm-hmm. you know, with the wives this summer. So we did yeah. it twofold. You know, we did a cookout, but we got the families together. You know, we all had fun, but then we knocked out a meeting. So, yeah. I mean, that was, like, the best thing is, like, we're, we're trying to bring these individuals together because it's what we have, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, we get together. Our kids can all play together. Like, it's fun. Yeah. You know, and then more often than not, we start talking archery, you know, and our wives are like, oh, you guys are talking about that again. You know, I'm like, look at Adam's new bow, you know, and they're yeah. like, really? And I'm like, yeah, but it's different than last year's model. Let's, yeah. let's you know, check it out. So yeah. it's the cool thing of like, that's what we get, you know, entrenched in. Or, mm-hmm. you know, one of our guys, Chaz, was out hunting elk in, was it Montana or whatever? But it's just, you know, like you said, hearing about, you know, the hunts and stuff like that. It's like, that's yeah. what we care about. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't watch sports. I'll watch Formula One racing and I'll watch Supercross, but I don't know what teams are going to play after the football. Yeah. One of those I, weird guys. But, I don't either. But it's the thing where it's like we get together on a on a Sunday. It's like I don't know what sports are on, but we'll sit here, we'll talk, we'll have fun, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, Adam's going to tell me about his six weeks. He was down in Kansas, Missouri, not having fun but it's still <laughs> interesting to me because it's he's still in the military so it's like tell yeah. me about that you know yeah. what's going on so mm-hmm. it's that what we do you know with getting students in um i was gonna say it's very different i guess it's not ideal on how other nonprofits do you know it's right now at the point where we're at we're still new about it we're still trying to get individuals to you know get signed up more often than not it's word of mouth but um you know it's more so like i seek individuals out because yeah. it's like hey you you know that guy that i was talking about last night um he rolls jujitsu at the same gym i do um he just ended up knows my future brother-in-law it's just like a super small world but yeah. it's a thing where i'm like dude let's go you know like how many guys i've met at jujitsu that shoot archery and stuff and mm-hmm. you know i'm like you shoot bows? And they're like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, you like shoot a bow or you like shoot bows? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Cause I'm that guy where, what, two years ago went to every HHA USA uh-huh. shoot. I mean, we went to bow fest. It was crazy on the busier, how much traveling we were doing. Yeah. And it was, if it wasn't HHA shoot, it was a shoot at South 40. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was just like stacked. And then my wife's like, all right, next year you kind of like got to settle down because it was like <laughs> every 3d shoot from yeah. like april to opener season yeah. opener and then yeah. i was hunting mm-hmm. you know was, so it's like <laughs> it was like every other weekend yeah. for a year was just way too much but yeah. the trips, yeah the trips we had and how much fun we had was just awesome yeah, yeah. just yeah. carpooling you know with all the guys and that was a good time <laughs> it was really busy but yeah. it was a blast and like uh, was it this spring we did the vortex thing, right? And then the HHA shoot the next day. Yeah. Like, 
that was a blast. And you brought uh, your two buddies were out there who were vets and I've never met these guys, but it was like, we're old friends. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, we just clicked up right away and we were best buddies that night when we were out having dinner, you know, we did this, this vortex tour and kind of shook hands and kissed babies with people. And then, (laughs) you know, that night it's like, okay, well now what? Uh, so we all went out to dinner and stayed out way too late. Um, for a shoot the next morning, but I had a blast that night. I had a blast the next day at the shoot until I blew my bow up. Um, you still had a blast after. You still, still had a blast after. <laughs> still shot long uh, shot after. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a good time. It's just yeah. the, the whole community thing. It's like no matter where we go, we're going to have friends that are there mm-hmm. or we're going to make new friends. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of what AO is about. It's it's really fun to see, like, the excitement that is on your faces when you guys talk about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because – um, and it, and it, it makes me think too, you know, I've got, you know, a close group of friends that, you know, we, um, some of them hit like four or five of the major TACs, Oof. you know, and I'm, I'm lucky if I can get one or two, two really lucky one, you know, um, but it, it, when we go, it's, you know, foam is home is like the mm-hmm. main the theme of, yep. the, of the shoot because it's just, that's what we're there to do. You know, we're there to have fun and uh, and like you, I'm, I'm introverted. So I have to kind of surround myself with extroverted people. Yep. And my other friend, Rick is very, very outgoing. So, you know, a perfect example is we're at Terry peak this last year and, <clears throat> and I've known him for 15 years and I see him, he's like sitting, I know he's got a lot of friends. He knows a lot of people. So I see him sitting at this table and there's, you know, probably 15 people around this you know table. And, uh, and he was just over there talking and I was kind of doing my own thing or whatever. And then at some point he had kind of waved me over. So I walked over there and he's talking to these people. He's ne- first time he's ever met him. He's not, ne- you know what I mean? So it's like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I thought you knew, I thought you were like good buddies <laughs> with these people all this time, you yeah. know? And again, it's all of that just like pulling people in and having those conversations and just having a blast. And, um, you know, I, I kind of see a parallel there with you guys and with my crew too. And, and when we were meeting and we were talking about things, I was just like, man, this is, these are my people, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. you know, and, and I very rarely have, I, I can't say that I've seen anybody shoot a bow that didn't like turn around and go, Whoa, like that was cool, you know? And then, and sometimes, you know, like you were saying, I think time would be the only limiting factor. Mm -hmm. If a person had the time, they would do it more, you know? So I think that that would be maybe the only thing that might, someone might drift away from it or something like that. But to me, it's super important because we're a very niche group of people. We're 1% of 1% of 1%, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, it's just really cool to see what you guys are doing. And, you know, matter of fact, we've got five bows here now that we, our outfitting, getting them kind of geared up um, so that you guys can uh, give those to your students to shoot. And to me, that's, that's fantastic because that's, it used to be the poor man's sport, right? Mm -hmm. Not anymore. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like it's, it's wild how much money one, you know, and you, you can spend a reasonable amount of money. You don't have to go crazy, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, um, you know, some people might go, well, you know, I'm not sure if I would like it. And so I don't want to, but for them just to get a bow in their hands and then start shooting it. And then they're most likely going to probably move into another one or, mm-hmm. or want to upgrade. And then it's like, okay, well 
these guys introduced me to this awesome sport and they donated this bow to me. So I'm going to donate it either back or to somebody else. Right. Do you ever see that happen? Is that usually what goes on? Yeah. And I mean, that's the big reason why, like, so with HHA sites and then with your guys' stuff, which is awesome is because it's like, so with their bows, they have solid equipment that they can take off and move to a flagship bow. Yeah. You know, so that's the nice thing. Um, I don't think we haven't received any bows back from students yet. I mean, we're still younger in this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're not getting a $40 bow from, you know, the sports goods store. Right. Yeah. They're getting a good bow bow that, you know, that, that they can run out, you know, the rest of their life if they Mm -hmm. want to. More often than not, it's guys like Adam that were in a, a hobby of, you know, shooting PRS. And then next thing you know, he, shoots me a message he's like man i sold all my stuff he's like i'm getting the new you know phase four from Matthew. I'm like, <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> you know? so it's yeah. um you know or you get the guys that are just like that tinker and they want to try new stuff so it's mm-hmm. like next thing you know you look at somebody's bow and you're like what did you do yeah. you know or like you know you know going down this route of trying new stuff and everything but that's also the best part of it is because it's like when you see that you're like ha, you're hooked yeah <laughs> you know? and so it's um yeah, I mean they're 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 starting with their their bow that you know we're we're starting them off with, um, so either they could run it out or you know take stuff off and move it to the next right. thing or yeah recycle it to another veteran and yeah. then they're you know going full fledged. Now when they do that though, then we try to work with whatever bow shops around their area, yeah, um, you know, and try to get them you know hooked up with something, you know, try to get them a deal if we can or if it's mm-hmm. hey you don't need to buy this year's model, how about we find you, you yeah. know, a used bow that somebody's, you know, trying to offload. And it's like, cool, we can still get you, a, you know, a discount on, you know, a rest in yeah. the site, you know. So it's you're not having as much, you know, you know invested into a setup. But yeah. it's a thing where it's like we're going from 2006 technology to, you know, 2022. Yeah. You know, kind of thing like that. So mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. But, you know, there's a handful of guys when we go to, you know, different shoots and stuff like that. Old timers, you know, roll up and you're like still shooting trad bows yeah you know and those guys are just ripping awesome shooting tens and you're like man and i have i was given two trad bows from family friend of ours that they had sitting at the bottom sitting in the basement of the moose lodge and gave me and i bought two strings and i still have yet to even shoot those bows but Mm -hmm. part of me is like hesitant of like i know i'm gonna like this way too much (laughs) yeah and it's one less thing that i need to get involved in but it's Mm -hmm. a thing where one of those bows is a straight target bow that we have that you guys got yeah or that's setting up and it's one of those things of like we in case we do have that individual that does not want to do anything with hunting Mm -hmm. but they want to go shoot target you know it's like i got the perfect bow for you yeah you know and it's it's not a brand new bow but if you look up on any forums, this bow is the bee's knees and everybody loves it still. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you still got a solid setup for it. Though. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the equipment's great. You know, it's the kind of thing, you know, I mean, at this point in my life, you know, buy once, cry once kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also learn that, you know, there's certain things that you need. There's certain things that you can work away with, you know, but right. for, for someone that's new the first time, I mean, they're not going to know the difference between a hundred dollar and a $500 site. Exactly. You know, but I'm not going to let them waste their money on something. You know, if if we can work with a manufacturer and get them a discount on something, it's like, here, here's something that you're going to lifetime warranty on. And you know, you're going to be able to utilize it 
no matter what's going on. Yeah, exactly. There you have it, folks. I mean, if you, you know, if you are listening to this podcast, you probably already shoot a bow, but if you know somebody that, you know, if you know a veteran that could benefit from shooting a bow, you know, you want to reach out to these guys because they'll get, they'll get that person set up at minimal cost and you've got the teaching there. You've got, you got somebody backing you up on, on everything. You know what I mean? And, and I think similar to how Chris kind of took you under his wing, I feel like you guys are, you're doing the same thing. You're emulating that. And, and I think that's the biggest part is people don't know where to start, you know? And, and so you guys are fostering that Mm -hmm. and I love that. And that's, that's an, that's an amazing thing. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, right now we're just, located around the twin cities western wisconsin is where we are just because we want to have that Mm one-on-one um you know personability with people um like i said i'm just trying to grow my friendship group too so yeah um but yeah i mean it's we do know other archery organizations that we've gotten to meet um through hha usa and different things like that so i mean if you're hearing this if you're not located locally um but you do know a deserving veteran reach out we'll try to get you connected with you know a group closest to you you know because it's i don't want to turn anybody down right you know willing to help anybody out um you know we can only work with what we have um but you know i i don't want to miss that opportunity of somebody needs help or somebody could use the help right and we miss it Mm -hmm. you know and it's you know looking back at it it it's like oh you know this this really could have helped this individual so um you know, reach out to us on our um, website, archeriorigins.org. There's an info link. You can hit that. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot us an email. Um, otherwise, on Instagram, we're on there, archeriorigins. Shoot us a DM um, and hit us up. You know, we'll definitely try to work with anybody. But, um, yeah, I just – you mentioned it before. It's when someone shoots a bow for their first time or, you know, hits a target or whatever, and that that smile that they get you know of making everything come together it's like yeah. awesome mm-hmm. and you can't take that away you know it's a kid on christmas you know opening yeah. the present that what they wanted it's like seeing that in an adult's face is awesome yeah and it's like once you see that and you get that you're like you're hooked let's go let's go mm-hmm. you know and yeah i, I still get that <laughs> like, i shoot a lot of arrows man and i still get that way sometimes i mean we were just out there shooting and he cranked off a shot. I'm like, wow, man, nice shot. It was actually a terrible shot. I just can't. I just can't see forty yards. Uh, the form looked good though. Kyle's yeah. like, what are you talking about, man? That was high left. <laughs> oh, all right, my bad. Good shot though. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, uh, I, I still get that way. I'm still giddy when I get to shoot. And unfortunately, as it's cold as it is here in the winter, I don't get to shoot as much as I'd prefer yeah. to. But I think after putting a couple holes in the wall through the old target in the basement, my wife. <laughs> you're shooting outside from now on so oh man you gotta have the spackle on, on oh, tap man I, like we just revent or uh redid our basement a couple of years ago and i thought it'd be a great idea to throw an old target up against the wall and you know shoot some arrows at it and there's yeah just that, that center dot and it's just right through it right into the oh, wall boy. Like, oh boy yeah hang like a poster over it or something <laughs> <laughs> just outed myself that's awesome yeah. well one other thing too because i know you you mentioned that you it's it's more local, yep. you know, and I and I understand that. But what about what about other archers like nationwide that might want to donate some product? Like, what if they got a bow, or if they got some accessories that they would want to send? I'm, I'm assuming you guys would. Be oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Down 100%. for that? I mean, yes. Yeah, we'll definitely 
take it, but no matter what it is. I mean, we'll yeah. take it. If we're not going to use it, we'll at least either get it to a, you know, kids group or something like that. But sure. You know, everybody's got a pile of something that they're, right. you know, sitting in their basement and it's, you know, we're unfortunately, you know, our new partnership with you guys, you know, so if we get an old bow, we'll get a new string on it. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll get a good rest on it. You mm-hmm. know, we've got a site we can put on it. So, I mean, we can take old stuff and make it new for sure. Um, so yeah, anything like that. Um, and I, and for the record, I wouldn't be upset if somebody sent you a whisker biscuit and you put it on a bow, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, it's no. all for the greater good yeah, to me. Sure. So it's not, it's not like, Oh, it needs to be, there needs to be exclusivity, you know, it's no. just yeah. whatever you can get. You well, know? and we've had a lot of it too, where it's like, we've started a student off with something and then their kids get into it and their kids just get the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and they, they ask us and I'm like, cool let them use it mm-hmm. this is what it's for if you're getting one more person in it and now you know a father and son are starting a whole new relationship around archery it's like that's yeah. awesome mm-hmm. it's all it's about it's it's just getting you out there to do it yeah you know and if it's more than likely that the kids want to do it more than the parents do so it's mm-hmm. like you know hey let's go shoot and you're like all right you know get you out of there and then next thing you do you run into them at a range and they're shooting together and you're like awesome yeah this is what it's about yeah you know and it's not just the relationship we have, but it, you know, you can start a new relationship with your, you know, son or daughter. Um, you know, Adam said the same thing, but it's like we go shooting and it's just fun as a family environment. Right. So for sure. Well, that's awesome what you guys are doing. And speaking of the relationship that you guys have, have with HHA, um, you guys made a film, uh, was it this past summer or it launched? Well, I suppose the date's right on here. Yeah, it was uh, last year. We started. Yeah. Yeah, we did our first filming five, at five months ago. Yeah, at that first vortex shoot, and then they yep. did a second part at. Uh, um, yeah, we were down on uh, on the farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Did some shooting scout early, super early season scouting down mm-hmm. there. So. Yeah. yeah, so this podcast has been like a while in the making. We've been, you <laughs> yeah. know, because I think we talked about it almost right away. Yeah, you know, but again, it's just trying to get together. You guys are an hour away, but. Um, so there is a, so yeah, that HHA video, uh, it's the archery origin story and, um, I'll put a link, cool. uh, in the video here and then also in the description so that people can go there and get a little bit more information. It's yeah. a, it's an, it's a great film. Um, and just be prepared, have some tissues on you. It's a little <laughs> bit of a tearjerker. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's what, you know, that that's a huge, you know, some guys are like, well, I, I don't, you know, and it's just like, Hey man let it out, let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what this is all about. It's about helping people. Um, and like you were saying, you know, your friend who had lost his friend, you know, you were there for him in that moment and that's beautiful. And this is a beautiful film. So I think everybody needs to go check that out just to see what, get a better perspective as to what you guys are all about. Awesome. Appreciate it. Um, and both you guys are in the film, right? Yeah. We're in the film. Adam doesn't, speak in that film, i don't i so. don't interview in that film but i'm, I'm there <laughs> would you say you're like eating some cashews or something yeah i think yeah. i had a i don't know i was in a, a cashew kick nuts, that yeah. day <laughs> crushing these cashews <laughs> oh man yeah so definitely go check that out for sure do you have any like advice that you anything in particular piece of advice in in relation to archery that you would have for anybody new getting into it or or just anybody who's been shooting a bow <laughs> i'd say uh when you start out we all suck <laughs> yeah. believe it or not i mean it's it's it happens you get better yeah the more time you put into it you know seek out help mm-hmm. if you want but you know we've all been there when it's just you know you think you're doing great 
and then you see someone shoot better than you and you're like, oh, I suck. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, no, it's just, you just need more time. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't go buy a 80 pound bow <laughs> if you're just starting out. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's a good one. Yep. Um, I like that. There's nothing wrong with shooting. What are you at? 40 seven forty eight pounds yeah like, there's nothing wrong with that no. like, i had a shoulder injury but yeah <laughs> I was. that's just me jabbing them when i can um yeah that's great. but i think i like i had a 60 pound bow and i dialed it back to like 53 or something like that but you know when you first started shooting it you're gonna be you're gonna be sore because you know you're using muscles that you don't use a whole lot of the right. time and you draw right. that bow back you know 10 times a day 50 times a day whatever it happens to be you're gonna be pretty sore mm-hmm. um just take it easy don't hurt yourself um Make sure you actually knock an arrow uh, <laughs> before you shoot. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably the big one. Mm-hmm. One other thing I'd say is, is if you've never been to a 3D shoot or want to, just find yeah. one around your area. Yeah, go there, and if you see a group going out or a person, just ask them if you can join. Yeah. How many times we've been somewhere and someone's like, "Do you mind if I join?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "No. Why? Yeah. Do, why would I care?" Yeah. And we're both going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go have fun. You know, where it's like you get the stigma of like, you know, I don't know anybody. I can't go do this or anything. It's like, you know, it, if you find the one person that's like, no, I don't want you to shoot. Either A, I'm sure they're trying to shoot and get out of there. They got something going on. Yeah. You know, or whatever is going on with them. But you're going to find a group to shoot with. So, yeah, yeah. yeah go have fun. It's it's kind of like going to the gym for the first time. Like a lot of people don't want to go to a, like a big gym, yeah. you know, for the first time, you know, maybe they don't know what they're doing or, you know, they think everybody's watching them, you know, yeah. that's, if people are looking at you, they're just making sure you're doing things safely. You <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. That's really what it is. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like that in archery too. You go to these, you know, these 3d shoots or maybe you want to shoot a league for the first time ever, you know, you got, you maybe you're a little apprehensive about the crowd or how good you're going to shoot or, mm-hmm. Just go shoot. Yeah. yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to, you know, throw shade at you because you're not hitting X's every time. Right. You know. And we always do that thing, too, where a lot of times, you know, there might just be two or three of us in a group, and then you've got a couple guys behind you shooting, and mm-hmm. it's just like, why, group why, are we, why are we doing this? Yeah. Let's just shoot together. Yeah, you know, I've met so many cool people, and even just, like, out at the TAC this last year, it's like, just having, oh, so what do you do and talking about? And then I mentioned the podcast and then, you know, we get done shooting, get off the range and stuff like that. And 20 minutes later, I'm sitting there eating a burger and having a beer and I get a notification that, you know, we got two new follows. And then, you know, a couple more follows come from those people who Mm -hmm. followed us, you know, so even just that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And of course with you guys too, it just makes sense, right? To, um, it's just you just meet it's a good way to meet people and especially like if if you're introverted you know it's just a really good segue you know to get into that because now you're kind of you got some common ground to start the conversation with and then you can kind of move into move into more things after that yeah and one thing i love too like when we're at a shoot you know and we're all wearing archer origins hats or shirts and stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know get people in like what is that i'm like perfect here yeah. we go here we go <laughs> yeah, let me yep. give you my sales pitch you know exactly kind of thing and you just tell them we're just like we're just a group of guys yep. you know this is what we do mm-hmm. you know kind of thing and then and we had one individual at a hha usa shoot that gave us a very generous donation um you know a cash donation and it was just one of those things and he just felt that he needed the help you yep. know and it's just one of those things where we're like thank you yeah. you know 
believe it or not, this is going to go a lot farther than you think, or mm-hmm. you know, you know, right. and it's like you have the opportunity to save somebody, you know, like you said, you know, if they're substance abuse or something like that, it's like, here's your new drug, man. Let's yep. go. You know, here's your bow. And then, you know, how many guys are like, cool, we're going to take you hunting. You know, now, you know, you're taking, you know, you're going to harvest a deer. Now here's food for your family. You mm-hmm. know, now it's here for something for you to get an opportunity to learn how to cook this. Yeah. You know, now your kids are cooking with you. You know, all different things like that, you know. So it's it's just a huge opportunity that you don't realize that, you know, starts segment, segue in, into the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, next. And it's the other day we got a picture from one of our guys. You know, they had a venison backstrap dinner, you oh, know, yeah. and it's kind of things like that. And it's yeah. just like, cool, this is what it's about, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, yeah, taking those opportunities to talk to somebody new and how many times when we get it where somebody's, you know, you meet someone that was – a veteran from an older generation and they're kind of hesitant and you're like, we're both veterans. We've mm-hmm. both served, you know, there, there's, why is there the stigma of, you know, that, you know, because I deployed to this location, you didn't or whatever, you know, that we're different. So, I mean, just the conversations you have and man, I love listening to old timers talk about when they were in oh, just yeah. <laughs> what they dealt with and the things they were doing. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you were a badass. <laughs> I was just here. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it it made me think about um, also like what you were saying <clears throat> in regards to you know just asking people, um, and you know I I just I would want to add to that and say archery has its fair share of jerk so to speak, mm-hmm. so you may have somebody. I don't know. I maybe maybe somebody might not be like, well, no, you can't shoot with me. But I've had situations where you you know you asking somebody a question and they they're just kind of standoffish. You know what I mean? Like they're just they don't want to really talk about it. And again, I I try to look at it as oh maybe they're just really introverted too and they yeah. don't want to. Um, but just keep going. You're gonna find somebody that's gonna help you. Oh, so sure. don't be discouraged by that. You know what I mean? It's just there are some people out there that they just want to gatekeep or just want to keep to themselves, and that's okay, and just keep moving on. You're going to find somebody that is going to be willing to talk to you, help yeah. you, and come along, man. Let's yeah. go. Let's have fun. Let's yeah. be friends, you know. For sure. All right. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. Kyle, Adam, thanks again so much for your time today. I really appreciate it, and um, I know you already mentioned it, but where can uh, where can folks find you guys uh, if they want to get in touch for anything? Um, website is archeryorigins.org or archeryorigins on Instagram. So yep. Go ahead and find us. Awesome. Cool. Well, you can find us at the Range Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Also, be sure to head over to the Vapor Trail and Stokerize social channels and give us a follow over there. You can also find the video version of this episode on the Vapor Trail YouTube channel. If you like the video, hit that thumbs up button and make sure to subscribe so you can be up to date on all things archery. If you're listening, do me a favor, give us a rating and make sure you give us five stars, only five stars. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we are going to pack up our bows and arrows and we're hitting the range. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's T-R-P-15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stokerize branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear.